Chapter 15 of Daylight Land by W. H. H. Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15 Fish and Fishing in British Columbia. The Wealth of Waters. We were all anglers, and our journey through British Columbia from the Shushop Lake region to Vancouver was full of the keenest interest to us. We crossed the Columbia 370 miles from Vancouver and entered Eagle Pass which opens the way through gold range amid magnificent scenery the valley is crowded with the forest trees of giant size and of many varieties which enrich the landscape with a splendid arboreous appearance the train rolls past lovely lakes whose limpid waters stretch from base to base of the opposite mountains and suggest to the tourist the beautiful lochs of scotland beyond are the great shuswap lakes to which sportsmen from all parts of the continent are destined to come. At Sycamouse, hunting parties can find accommodation and make their arrangements to enjoy the sport easily accessible from it as a starting point. The northward-going trails will conduct them to the caribou grounds, and to the south deer are found in abundance. Geese and ducks in their season abound in these lakes, whose great extent, beautiful shores, and accessibility commend them to the great fraternity of rod and gun. These bodies of inland water are fed by torrents and mountain streams, but are themselves tranquil. Spreading out in placid reaches of great extent between the surrounding hills, hundreds of miles of delightful boating can be found on these sheets of water, and the region around them is sufficiently settled and cultivated to easily furnish supplies but the vast region about these lakes is wholly unexplored or essentially so and he who loves adventure in an unknown country can be accommodated to any extent i hope these words will prompt many young and vigorous sportsmen to visit this charming and most attractive section of the continent now made so easy of approach to them and that from them i may with all who love the outdoor life receive spirited descriptions of this now almost wholly unvisited region the fish supply in the rivers and the coast waters of british columbia is simply beyond estimate no one who has not visited the country and seen with his own eyes can credit the most conservative statement of it in the fraser river the tourist beholds a phenomenal condition to which there is no parallel in any other section of the continent or in any other land only in the columbia river does the fraser find a rival five species of salmon frequent this river and in incredible numbers in many of the tributaries of it they literally pack the water solid from bank to bank the pools resembled purse nets when filled to the floats in the canyon of the fraser in the summer months millions of these fish can be seen from the car windows packed to the eddies of the torrent stream or rustling in the edge of rocks and projections gathering strength for another rush upward through the tremulous water it is a novel and picturesque sight for the tourist to gaze at all along the banks and on the projecting rocks stands the indian spear in hand he suddenly rises to his full height his sinewy arms bared to the shoulder gleaming in the sun and from his nervous grasp was launched his salmon spear well aimed surely sent a struggle a splashing and a glistening fish is lifted from the water and lies silvery white on the brown ledge at the spearman's feet first of all in the spring comes the silver salmon a beautiful fish to look upon and often of magnificent size varying from five to seventy pounds their run begins in march and lasts until the last of june 
Then come a small species, but greatly prized, averaging about five pounds in weight. Their flesh is brightly pink. This is the kind that is sought for canning purposes. They run from June until August. Next in order is an excellent variety, much esteemed, averaging some seven pounds in weight. Then comes an anomaly among salmon, the known or humpbacked, whose run lasts from August into winter, but which visits the river but twice in two years. And last of all in September, the hookbill appears, a fish that weighs as high as twenty-five pounds. It disappears at Christmas. Such is the list of the Fraser River salmon and their characteristics, and no party of ladies and gentlemen could have a more novel and enjoyable experience than they might obtain by camping a week or a month near the great canyon of the Fraser River at Yale, in the months of July, August, and September, when the gold-seekers are washing the sand on the bars, and the Indians are spearing salmon in the whirlpools and rapids of the canyon. If a party camped amid such scenery and novel surroundings did not find rare enjoyment, it would be because of something inherently depraved or cross-grained in their constitutions. I speak with deliberation when I say that I know not one locality on the continent I would so quickly select for a party of intelligent and congenial people to camp a few weeks as the Canyon of Fraser. It is the one spot of all others for the amateur photographer and the artist to visit, and it would be a real benefit to the lovers of nature in its sublime and strange aspects to have put within their reach pictorial presentations of this awful chasm. In addition to the salmon, the freshwater streams and lakes abound with game fish. Whitefish, salmon, trout, brook trout, and big lake trout are found in abundance everywhere. A rodsman can find prime sport wherever he goes through the province, whether among the inland lakes and rivers or along the coast waters. There is no other stretch of coast on the globe along which, and in the rivers flowing into it, so many varieties of edible fish are caught as off the shore and in the streams of British Columbia. Beside the salmon and the trout are the halibut, the cod, the mackerel, the haddock, the rock cod, the flounders, and that delicious tidbit of marine delicacy, the oolahan or candlefish. This little fish is of the size of a sardine and has a flavor peculiarly its own, so piquant and delicate as to justify its claim of being par excellence, an epicurean morsel. Prepared for the plate fresh from the water, it is exceedingly delicious, while its oil is said to be preferable to cod liver oil for medicinal purposes. These fish are supposed to come from far northern waters, and they come in numberless quantities. They enter the Fraser about the first of May and swarm up its current as bees swarm in a hive. The herrings of the coast are equally numberless. These are somewhat smaller than those found along the shores of the Labrador and the British Isles, but as food are fully as good as those caught in the waters of the Atlantic, it is only when one adds to the fish supply of eastern Canada, the even larger one of British Columbia, that the value of the Canadian fisheries to herself and the world can be realized. End of chapter 15